Hi, I'm Jeremy Robinson, and this is the 19th hole. Hi, and welcome to the 19th hole, brought to you by Glal.uk in association with Rewards for Golf. Delighted today that we've got Jamie Hodges with us. Jamie is the head of the European Challenge Tour. So, Jamie, thanks a lot for joining us and uh, welcome to yeah. the show. Thank you, Jamie. Looking forward to it. So according to my research, you've been at the DP World Tour, as I know, the European Tour, but since 2018, having graduated in uh, sports marketing in 2004 from the University of Newcastle. Is that correct? You, 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 you're nearly right. Your research, your research was pretty good. I did go to Newcastle Uni, um, but I started at the tour in 2015, actually, January 2015. So about six months before Keith Pelley arrived. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, don't blame me for my research. Blame, <laughs> I was going to be on Wikipedia, Carl. Sure well, I, I found it somewhere. It definitely <laughs> wasn't my, uh, my doing. So Newcastle Uni, great place, Newcastle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it, uh, it was, it was so much fun. Um, I mean, as a university um, city, it just had everything, to be honest. Um, it was brilliant. Brilliant. Mad keen sporting place as well. Yeah. It? Yeah. I went back from a stag do, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. I loved it that much. No, it was brilliant. And we, when when I was there, the Toon were flying at the time. So yeah. it was brilliant. Saturday afternoon, everyone in their black and white. It was a great place. Really, yeah. really. Yeah. And now that they're, they're flying back by the Live Boys, I know. They won't go down that route. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's great seeing them well again. So um, you took over uh, from, uh, obviously, with some, someone we both know, Alan de Soltre, who started the Challenge Tour. Yeah. Took over. So they were kind of big shoes to fill, really. Was that Alan, mm. as we both know, was quite a character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I always kind of had in my mind that you should take over a job from someone who hasn't done a great job and then you can kind of really make a, a top impact. Um, and I kind of did the opposite, really, because as you say, and I founded the Challenge Store. He was the heart and soul of it. Um, he worked incredibly hard. I saw firsthand how hard he worked it um, and how desperate he was to kind of make it as good as, as, as possible. So it was kind of the opposite, but it was a really attractive kind of um, opportunity. Um and the intention was that he would stay on for sort of six months and help um, me out in the background. Obviously, that sadly changed when everything happened in in 2020. Um, but he his kind of passion for the challenge tour was kind of the one of the main things that I took on, and the guys who work with me have. Um, and it was nice. We invited Alan back to. He was in Mallorca with us in in November last uh, last year for the final. It was nice to uh, to see him and kind of give him. Um, uh, uh, well, catch up really, and give him the kind of the send off from Al Canada that he deserved. Because when his last grand final was a was a washout on on round four, so um, it was nice to nice to see him again. As you say, he was passionate about it. Because I remember when I turned pro, the challenge show was just starting. He was the guy who brought all the federations together yeah. and created tournaments and promoters. And and at the time, I mean, it was quite an achievement really to to bring these people together to create a tour, which is. We've really gone from strength to strength. It's had its ups and downs a bit, but generally yeah. it's gone an upward curve the whole way. Yeah. No, no, he, he, he I think, I think his, well, one of his great skills was he really 
understood uh, European golf. Um, and um, he was able to, as you say, to, to create these relationships, foster these relationships between, um, in some ways, competing countries. Um, and he, you know, really established this sort of model that we have, which relies on the exchange of invitations. Um, but it's it also means that the challenge store is a kind of um, self-reliant uh, sort of part of the of the European Tour group. So we're able to kind of look after ourselves um and and primarily that's through having promoted events supported by federations who are looking to help and provide opportunity for their for their best players and and so far we're um in the last couple of years haven't managed to mess it up so we've we've managed to keep it keep it going yeah i mean you say it's an integral part of the european or the dp world tour but Clearly, it's a massive part of it because everybody talks about these days about growing the game, and that's kind of buzzword in golf. But the Challenge Tour, really, never mind feeder tours, the Challenge Tour is, is a great breeding ground for young players, whether they're coming out of college in America or through the federation systems. And there's been some, well, world-class players. I don't know what the stats are impressive for the amount of tournaments won on the on around the world and Ryder Cup players, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had over five hundred. Uh, former Challenge Tour players have won on the what is now the DP World Tour. Um, I think one of the if we when you talk about, I know you mentioned the growing the game buzzword, which as you said is sort of we've heard a lot recently. Uh, but actually for the Challenge Tour, we visited fifty one different countries in our in our time, um, and that I think generally is actually growing the game because in all of those countries we're giving opportunity to local players to test themselves at a higher at a higher level so um i think that's one of the things that we should be uh, very proud of really is the part that we've played in trying to in taking golf to to sometimes far-flung countries um but about really providing uh a the right level of preparation and test for players to uh ideally go on and, and perform on the world stage but but at least to to test themselves against the the next level. Mm. I'll say, I say I just think it's it's been it's a great concept and it's brought through some great players and, and players have come from America to play there as well, haven't they? Yeah. You know, yeah. Chris Kepka is the uh, is the prime example, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. other guys as well. So it, it's yeah. great breeding ground for, for yeah. young great players. Yeah. So so in 2019, when you took over from Alan, obviously you didn't see it coming and nobody saw it coming, but. COVID was pretty much there for you from day one. So when you were trying to, you know, get your feet under the desk, as it were, all of a sudden this came along. It must have been very, very testing. You must have been thinking, Alan had a stroke of luck when he, uh, he decided to retire that day. Yeah, it, 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 do you know what? Like the sort of the first, like contractually, the, the first day I took over was actually at the 1st of Feb, right. uh, 2020. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I had about, a fortnight of sort of enjoying it and then it started to get pretty real um yeah look it was i was in i was in this room for far too much of 2020 um and the uh, it was a obviously a very difficult time for everyone um there was some pretty serious stuff going on let alone what was happening in professional golf but i really felt that for our members um the challenge tour ones in particular who you know let's face it are not rich guys um that all i was doing almost sort of every other week was was writing to say that this 
this this next tournament had been cancelled. So it was it was you know very tough. Um, but frankly, it was you know if you, if you think about it from my the shoes that I was sitting in, at least I had a job. I was being paid. Um, the members that we represent, none of them really. Well, a lot of them had to get second jobs, and none of them were earning money from from golf. So that kind of drove me on to. We managed to get eleven events away in that year, um, under fairly unenjoyable circumstances. I think anyone who's been in a COVID bubble would never want to go back to a COVID bubble. Um, but we managed to get eleven away and and really kind of survive. I think twenty twenty was was survival um, for us, really more than anything else. Um, give the players as, as anything that we could in terms of opportunity to play. And then try and come back in twenty one and 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 go sort of full, full guns blazing. When when twenty twenty when it when COVID hit, obviously, I mean, really now and in, coming into the twenty twenty three season, it's the first time, certainly for the challenge shot, it's back to normal with rankings, yeah. etc. And you know, parachutes categories have gone now. You know, you certainly were dealt the cards all right when you first started, weren't you? It was. It was. Um, I've said this a few times. It, it was a roller coaster, but then for a roller coaster, you need to have some highs, and there wasn't too many. There wasn't too many, to be honest. Yeah, uh, it was tough. Look, it was. It was tough. Um, it was really. It was really difficult. Um, uh, as I said, uh, you know, you you could sit here, and I'd be lying if I said there weren't some pretty tough uh, days. But um, you know. Uh, I was more fortunate than than some in, in the sense that I was still re still receiving a salary and 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 still able to kind of um, try and affect um, things and try and improve things and 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 uh, I sort of feel quite proud really of of how we ended up in 2020. Um, we had two events back to bank in, in Santi Petri and then went to Mallorca for a for a final. So. You know, just to give guys three weeks in in a row in in late November, early December was at least something to finish the season with a, and take that into into twenty one. In many ways, twenty one was almost harder than than twenty twenty. Uh, uh, we were trying to do a full schedule um, in the most sort of unusual environment um, from a travel perspective. That is um, trying to navigate all those different players from all those different countries with the rules changing and different for different players, depending on where you've been, what your vaccination status was, what your test status was. It was pretty complex. Um, and, uh, you know, honestly quite unenjoyable at times. Um, but, and unenjoyable for us as the, the team trying to figure it all out um, and unenjoyable for, for players. As I said, no one really wants to go back to a COVID bubble again. And and it was tough for for guys who we were having to be, you know, there were a lot of rules in place um, on where you could stay, where you could go and all that sort of stuff. And it was, yeah, it was, it was very difficult for everyone really. Um, staff trying to man manage and, and, and deliver, um, uh, deliver the the event, the promoter on his side, and trying to cope with all of the different rules and regulations that we had, and then for the players themselves, just trying to concentrate on their golf while having all this other, you know, frankly, pretty un unenjoyable things happening in the background as to what they could do in their in their spare time. So, um, twenty twenty two last year was a was a welcome relief to get back to sort of a level of normality again.
Mm. Because obviously, you know, all sports were affected by it, whether it be football, cricket, or on the bubbles. You know, they talk about the, the bubbles in cricket, but obviously, with golf being or the European Tour, DP World Tour Challenge Tour, being across Europe and across the world, it made it even more difficult for the players, really, the travel wise, as you say. And it became very, very expensive, didn't it, for them? Yeah. It was it. On the challenge tour. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we so we're having to do these bubbles, which means you're having to say to the guys, you have to stay here. And, and generally on the challenge tour, as you know, most people would do Airbnb rather than kind of hotels and things. So, so you're right. It costs more money to get there um, uh, than than actually you're then having to stay in accommodation, which is probably going to cost you more money than you would normally spend. Um, uh, so yeah, so it was pretty unenjoyable. We managed to cover the cost of the testing at least, um, which helped um, help the guys. Um, but yeah, it was it was um, yeah, I think a time in in everyone's lives that we'd like to close the door on really and hope um, we don't see it again. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, fingers crossed, it doesn't happen again. Maybe it's it coming. So, so just going back to what you were saying about you know you took over from Alan having done a great job, and because of COVID things had kind of flattened out a bit and probably gone downhill a bit. So you, were, you weren't starting with a blank piece of paper, but you were starting from a bit of a lower level and you probably took over. So did that make it any easier? Because you've created a great schedule now with a load of tournaments. I think we, think we had, um, we had a, you know, we had a tough year in, in, in 2020. I think what I would say is um, it was, um great to see how many events stayed with the challenge tour um first of all initially in 2020 when we when all this happened we tried to rejig the schedule and and no one at that stage wanted to cancel their tournament they were happy to look for a new date in september or, or whatever no one really knew how long it was going to go on for so um and and the same in 21 we had largely the same kind of events from from 2020 I think it was just a very difficult time of trying to organize tournaments at that at that time. We we were coming in from we were an international party coming into European countries, which made their governments and authorities nervous. Um, so it was just a difficult time for us as the kind of the sanctioning body, the promoter as the guy um, running their event. And then for the players trying to you know, concentrate on golf with all this other stuff going on of what they could and couldn't do, who they could sit with, who they couldn't. Um, yeah, as I said, pretty un pretty unenjoyable. So, so with COVID and everything that went on, and the, the finances and everything, the the, P, uh, the DP World Tour, the PGA Tour are definitely now a lot closer as a not yeah. one body, but working a lot closer together. Has that uh, affected you running the Challenge Tour? Is it kind of away from there it's not, not really affecting you too much um i think uh, not not hu not hugely i think um at the moment anyway i think the interesting thing we're all interested to see is is how uh whether any of our class of 22 whether they can use the 23 season to to springboard to the to the pj tour i think that would be uh quite a cool story to go from the challenge tour to the pj tour in 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 two seasons um but I think, you know, largely we're able to, um, you know, we're in a, in a strong position at the moment. We can look after ourselves. We have the support of um, DP World um, through through the agreement that we we put in place with the when the, the European Tour became the DP World Tour. 
Um, and the, the PJ Tour, ha that alliance has helped us with um, some events that we've got on our schedule. Um, but yeah, primarily it's directed at, at the main tour. So interesting times in golf and obviously COVID's affected it, but um, you've, you've put together, I say, in my opinion, a great schedule this year and starting off in South Africa, which is a great place for the guys, certainly from Europe to go and play, you know, go to the Southern Hemisphere this time of year. I mean, especially as we were discussing before we came on, Cape Town, what a great place to go and start the season for them. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think um, it, it's... It's it gives the guy our guys anyway an opportunity to play at a time of year where they where they wouldn't um, be able to over here, um, but also you know I think a lot of them everybody's goal on the Challenge Tour is frankly to get off the Challenge Tour and get on to the to the DP World Tour and uh, where you will be tested on and need to learn learn and know how to play in different conditions and different environments so. Um, it's also it's an opportunity for our guys to play when at a time of year when we can't. But I think it's also an opportunity for them to to grow as as international golfers, if you like, um, and understand you know how how it work you know how it works in a uh, the grass. You you're in a better place than I am to know about this. But the the grass is very different down there. How um, how to to play particularly around the greens is very is very different. So I think it's also a kind of a good uh, testing ground as, as part of their kind of onward development, if you like, for hopefully future when, if they graduate, the start of the following year, there's normally two or three weeks in South Africa, um, which is an important time for our graduates to kind of start getting some some ranking points. So uh, I think it serves sort of two purposes in, in that way. And also going back to growing the game, it gives guys in South Africa, I mean, it's right in the middle of their season, they're in their summertime and they should be, you know, playing their best, really. But it gives yeah. them a chance to get onto the Challenge Tour uh, and then move on and try and get their cards through onto the uh, DP World Tour the following year. So, again, that's growing the game, isn't it? Well, I think, you know, we've, we've, we saw that with Oli Becker the year before last and and Dion Hermes-Seis uh, <laughs> la last year. I, I hope I got that right. Um, but ultimately, you know, both of those players, yes, they um would have picked up points in during Saf this african events but they also have to play well in in europe yeah. to, to to get up and you know we we are called the european challenge tour but ultimately we want you know just the best players really to come to come through so um i'm 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 relaxed on 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 that i think having four events we had six last year we've got another on our season anyway this this season We've got another 20, 20 odd uh, tournaments for guys who who don't have an opportunity in South Africa to to play. Um, those South, some of those South African players may not get the opportunity in Europe as well. So I think ultimately, when it when it sort of all shakes out and you get to Mallorca at the end, you've you've normally got the the best forty five players from across the season. Yeah, I mean, some guys won't. Some guys from Europe will probably moan and send you emails saying it's not fair. I'm not getting in. But as you rightly say, that they've because of the schedule you've set up, you've got loads of more tournaments once they get going. We were saying you've got 126 spots in UAE for a couple of events. So, you know, no disrespect to them. If they play well, they'll get to Mallorca, even, well, if, uh, even yeah. if they miss the first couple of events in SA. Completely. And and the sort of the stats will show that. Um, I mean, we, we've changed, without getting too sort of de detail for you, but we, we had 
um, six two-course venues, events last year as a way of trying to give as much playing opportunities as possible. And the feedback we had, and you can never say from all the players because 116 people are never going to all agree on the one thing, but the majority did feel that there were too many um, of those kind of two-course venues, um, two-course events. And they weren't able to put the preparation time in that they needed to. So we've sort of changed tack slightly, um, tried to improve the quality of the events, reduce them from six to four. And we've just looked at um, having one course um, uh, events. Okay, fan court is is slightly different, but that's the nature of that one. But um, so, yeah, so we'll see, you know, um, I'm, I think it's the, you know, a lot of players had that feeling that they've earned, the the ones who will who will get in have earned the opportunity to do that and and those that haven't you know will need to wait for their time for for when uh, when Europe comes around but you know you never get it right um in one year and you never fully get it right the following year well it's it's always a bit of a balance but I think when we realised that we were going to be four events it felt like this was the right way to go mm, yeah so first four in South Africa and then two new ones in uh, in the Middle East which is great obviously the European or the DP World Tour's got great. Uh connection with the Middle East and has for years now. But it's nice that the challenge tour's back there. Yeah, it's great. I mean we've got so two two in India before that. Um yeah. we haven't been to we haven't been to India since twenty thirteen. Um and then and then UAE, a place where most European golfers are, are, are very happy to go. Um we've announced um Abu Dhabi Golf Club is one of the the venues we're working on the second one. Um, and really happy, really, really happy with Abu Dhabi Golf Club as a as the type of golf course that we want to be um, playing on, giving our members that opportunity to play in, in on on those types of golf courses. Um, and with the the agreement that we have with the Emirates Golf Federation, there is we have 126 spots of the of the field, so we'll we'll get a very good opportunity. A large member, large part of our membership will get a good opportunity to play in in both of those weeks. Um, we just need to finalise where we're going to be for the second one, but we're hoping that will be in Abu Dhabi as well. Yeah. So yeah, my apologies. Sorry, India is before the. Uh, yeah. So India again, European tours go or TP World tours going to India. You know they've been to India before. Obviously, not such a close relationship now with the Asian tour, but it must be good to be going back to that part of the world. Yeah, I think um, it it is. I think. Um, I think we're probably what what I, I sort of want to get across is I think um, we don't we're we're we've announced a schedule of thirty events um, and I think that's about right in terms of the number. Um, you know we 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 managed to increase slightly the prize funds when we play outside Europe, um, but they're not hugely um, uh, greater. And obviously the guys' costs are are increased when they play outside. So. I think we're we're excited about um, and pleased to be going to places where where we can't when we can't play in Europe. But I think, um, quite honestly, we're not looking to kind of go too much further afield than than where we have now, just because of um, ultimately the cost to the players and uh, and everything else. So um, it's it feels like it's a it's a, a sort of a good balance. We were at one stage looking to have India next to the Middle East um, and then sort of Ramadan and and various other things kind of made that made that difference. So India's sort of a little bit more on its own. Um, but thankfully, we've got two weeks in Bangalore. So again, from a travel and a cost, cost perspective, 
players can fly to one one place and out of one place. And at least from that perspective, there's hopefully um, reduced costs when in when in town, if you like. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good thing. So same same place for two two events. It's, yeah, you know, it's got to help with the cost. So any uh, so obviously used to play in China. I used to have the two big tournaments at the end of the year in China. China's obviously a difficult place. COVID, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, still. Any hopes in the future of returning to China? Yeah, I think um, yeah, and we certainly the reason we're not there in in twenty three is because of COVID. Um, uh, so obviously things have changed slightly from uh, last sort of September time was when um, contractually we were talking to the to the team from Foshan. Um, so you never know, maybe in October of this of twenty three we could we could we could go there, but. I think, as I said, as I said just now, the 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 balance feels about right with with how we have it um, at the moment. I think the one thing that we're lacking is uh, one event between the last sort of regular one in Provence and the final. Um, I think we need uh, one event off the rankings um, before we get to the to the final. Um, whether it's top seventy-five or, or exactly what it is, we, we'll we'll figure that out. But so that's something we're still working on to try and look to to add. We've got three weeks between Provence and the final. Um, but yeah, it's certainly not ruling out going back to China. Um, COVID circumstances and the knock-on effect of everything there has meant that that's the reason why we're not going in twenty-three. Um, but it, you know, when we look at it again in the future, which I'm sure we will, it will need to be a balance between. What other international trips have we had earlier on in the season, and just trying to make sure that this doesn't become sort of unaffordable for for the players? Because they were good prize funds in China, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, we played three fifty and five and five hundred. So, yeah. yes. um, and I don't know if I don't know if you ever went to the Foshan one in particular, but it was really almost like a mini main tour event. They had, um, you know, just hundreds and hundreds of things going on there was player activations like non-stop welcome parties hospitality um really good crowds so it was a great you know it was a great event we had i think seven or eight in the end um we were meant to have 10 um and as we let you know we said as the conversation we had with them is this isn't the end this is probably just a pause right now but i think um they in particular just need to figure out what what you know everything needs to calm down a little bit over there and and um, like I said, no one wants to go back to COVID bubbles anymore. So no, no, it's fair enough. And the players probably wouldn't even want to go back there at the moment either. I think there's a lot of uncertainty. I just think there's a lot of uncertainty. You could put it up on on the schedule, but you wouldn't really know until yeah August time whether it was realistic or not to to play. Um, so I think this this way round feels feels better. Let's let everything kind of calm down over there um, and get back to normal. And then we can pick up the phone again and and figure out, um, you know, whether whether we where we play, when we play, and 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 all of that. Mm. So after South Africa, India, Middle East, back to Europe, you've got a bedrock of of being twenty events supported by the federations, obviously, and one or two independent promoters. But the federations have always been key to the challenge, or and always will be. If the federations start pulling out. You know, I know how hard it is to find sponsors for a challenge tour event as an independent promoter. It's very, very difficult. Yeah, the, the federations are key, really, to you, aren't they? They're the they're the bedrock, the cornerstone, or whatever you want to say. Now, I, I mean, absolutely right. Um, and that is the heart of our, of of the challenge tour. And I think you know we've talked about some of the sort of more far flung places, which which are great. 
Um, but ultimately, that will always be the the, the key, um, the central part of who we are. Um, the really encouraging thing is that all of those events um, were with us last year. Um, so we've managed to keep everyone, which I think says something about um, the products that we have, the improvements that we made in 22, um, hopefully a little bit about the momentum that we have um, as well. Um, but yeah, the federations are very uh, are integral to our um, our our strength, um, and ultimately that is about the the invitations that they receive, the exchange of invitations that they can make to provide opportunities for their players. Um, you know that is still ultimately kind of the most probably the critical part of of um, of really why anyone wants to do a challenge to event. That that part is is vital. Um, and that's fine, uh, but I think one of the things that we're working on as a as a tour is how do we improve the attractiveness from a commercial perspective, from a sponsorship um, point of view. So we have the the invitations and the playing opportunities and all of that side of things, um, but we we also need to try and grow the 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 other side of actually making these events more um, attractive from a sponsorship perspective, so that. Well, the idea is that by having both of those things, you can grow and improve on on all fronts. So, you know, that's very much part of what our our plans are for the for the future. As as I know, and you know, and everybody involved, you know, in in it, uh, it, it's it's a very difficult thing to do to find. You know, you've really got to think outside of the box to get uh, these companies to come in and support the the growth of the game. Really, that's one of the big things. I mean, when we used to do the English Challenge. Bridgestone Tires, and they were they are big into supporting young people, and they do the massive sponsorship in the Olympics and that kind of thing. So they were they did three years of the golf, and it was great. Mm. But it's not easy to find a sponsor for the challenge. No, and and that's so we we and sorry if we're jumping around a little bit. Well, one of the changes that we made when DP World became a sponsor of the DP World Tours, we increased the prize money. Um, for, for the players of, of of the events that we had in Europe. But one of the other things we did is we we invested in our television product. So we we had a, a TV show that was um it wasn't really working for the for us as a tour and for our promoters, to be honest. Um but and you know while I would say we, we had a meeting about it yesterday, we can still improve things um on what we're now delivering. But ultimately every event is getting its own uh TV program. Uh, broadcast on the Wednesday after their event. So I think that is a big step forward. As I said, we, we've still got improvements that we want to make to the program itself. <clears throat> but giving that to our promoters, um, you know, the intention very much of that is to try and try and help them grow the commercial side of their of their tournaments. Um, and that will take a little bit of time. It won't just happen straight away. Um, but that's the commitment we're making to to our events ultimately is good for the challenge tour as well but the, the the sort of the other purpose of it is to help the promoters to give them more of a platform to for their sponsors to hopefully or to in, to increase the the revenues they receive from their sponsors so that, that's a big commitment really because i say not not hopping on but when we used to do the challenge tour event we had to do to produce the program one of the things bridgestone wanted and it's a costly business, that is. Yeah. Especially yeah. for an independent promoter to produce yeah. a, a good quality yeah. program. Yeah. Yeah. So, so look, I think I think it was it was something I felt quite strongly about is that, you know, yes, we wanted to improve improve the prize funds. Um 
And we did that um, to a certain level. You'd always like to go more. But I think, as I said earlier, just um, we needed to we need to improve the commercial attractiveness of of our tour um, if we want to continue to grow price funds and everything else as well. So we needed to do that. And then one step of that was to to, to invest in this in, in the, invest in this TV product and, and give that to the promoters. Mm. So um, I'm pleased with how we've with how we've done it in year one. As with any, as with anything new, um, you learn a few things as you go along. So we've we've made some changes to to year two, and it'll be interesting to see how that that pans out um, this year. Just going back to the prize money, then. So on average, you're playing for two hundred and quarter of a million euro uh, per event. Is the ultimate aim to try and get that to say three and four hundred thousand, or are you, are you comfortable as a as the DP World Tour? Are they comfortable with what the guys are playing for on the Challenge Tour now? No, I think I think we uh, we want we'd like to we'd like to increase it. We'd like to to grow it. Um, I think we have to be careful that that doesn't just come from uh, home, if you like, um, from from the from the group. I think um, which is again one of the reasons why we have the TV program and the things that we're trying to do with the promoters. Um, but yeah, look, we but no, we're cer- we're certainly trying to grow it. Um, uh i have a plan to to grow the the minimum for for the 24 season um which our promoters will will help us with um whether we then look to top up additionally from from central or not i don't i don't know um but i, I you know I, I want this tour to grow and improve every year mm-hmm. um that's not always prize money yeah. um that's across many different things but no certainly that's um, that's something we're looking to do, um, sort of in a smaller way next next season, um, and you know, really from year on year, I'd like to see how we can improve things, prize money or or other other related. Yeah, because I was going to say, not only the prize money, but it seems like you you've given the players a much better experience. You know, physios are there. You've got agronomists now making visits to the course beforehand to try and help the courses to. Um, yeah. to become better courses and in better condition. So yeah. obviously that's an important part to you as well. Yeah, it's, um, that is, it's hard to ever say that's the most important thing because then you think of all these other things that are important. But the golf court, you know, ultimately if we try and sort of take it back to what are, what, are we, what are we doing, what's our primary purpose was to try and prepare the players to make the next step on to the, to the DP World Tour um, and then hopefully beyond. Um, and one of the ways that we feel we need to help them with that is to improve the the test that we give them on a weekly basis. Um, and um, I think we made strides or maybe steps in that regard. This in twenty twenty two, we as like you said, we we have an agronomist now whose primary responsibility is the challenge tour. Every venue received an agronomy visit in twenty twenty two. That will be the same in in twenty twenty three. You you can't really compensate for uh, droughts and and other things that happen, but um, no, that's part of the investment as well. That's what I mean. It's not just about putting money on prize funds. It's about trying to grow the whole thing. Um, and for sure, the golf courses, the quality of the golf courses, the test we provide to the guys, um, that's critical to our future success, and and is a big big um, focus for us. Twenty three, but it will be every year. To be honest.
I mean, it can't be easy because obviously a lot of the or some of the courses that you play are kind of members' courses, really. And it's hard to just say to them, right, grow the rough six inches, will you? And then the members are going to moan. And, you know, yeah, it's yeah. Fine, no, it's I think fine that, balance, isn't it? There, there is a balance, and there are some that um, we have who are, in many ways, or, or are literally the promoter. So, if you want the event to happen, it, it has to happen at, at that golf course. Um, so we can work with those ones in a in a slightly different way. But then some of the conversations I've been having with with federations who who change venues almost every year is well, hang on, let's not just accept um, X place. What about going to to Y? Um, and and if we can help you do that, um, let, let's talk about it. So so that's a big thing for you know. That's why I was really pleased when we announced Abu Dhabi Golf Club. Um, you know that's. That's a, a a good step forward for us. We had the K Club last um, last year. Um, we've got hopefully a couple more that we that we will announce um, with some good ones in there to to please the players. But that that's a big one for us. There, there are certain events that will 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 play on the courses that they play on because that is the event. But the ones that we tend to move around, we're really trying to work with those promoters on on improving the quality of the golf courses that we go to. Yeah. So just moving on to the rankings, as we said earlier, the, uh, the kind of parachute categories have gone now and it's all back. You know, there was a tour school last year, which was great. You, uh, do you see or is your kind of vision for the challenge tour to get more spots and, and maybe some away from the uh, tour school? A bit more, bit more like America. Are you happy with the way it sits at the moment? Well, we changed. So we, we've it sort of got forgotten, really, because COVID David came along, but we went from 15 to 20 um, graduates, that is, in 2020, um, which I think was a much fairer reflection on uh, the quality that was um, being played on on the Challenge Tour. Um, if, if I'm honest, I'm, I'm, I'm quite relaxed, really, about, about how it is at, at the moment. I think what was really pleasing... so. For your for your listeners, um, anyone who makes it into the top forty five of the grand final is, is automatically um, eligible for the follow, for the final stage of of qualifying school. So so players twenty one to forty five um, had the choice. The majority did uh, of going to to Barcelona the following week, and seven of them ended up getting their get, getting their card. So um, you know, I think what we've what we one of the things that we've looked at is not having anything the week before the grand final, so that um, anybody who does miss out on their card in Mallorca has um, has only played four four rounds in the week before the the sixth round of of the final. So I think right now, I think um, uh, I think it's personally, I think it's fine. Um, uh, would you like more graduates? From the from the challenge tour, probably yes, always. Um, but when you when you actually look at the the analysis and you see how many of our guys are, are then earning a card through through the qualifying school, um, I think it's uh, I think it's yeah I think it's fine as as it is. Yeah, because I mean, I you know, there's always been talk for the last few years about getting rid of the, getting rid of the Q school like they have in America and just having a Q school for Palm Ferry, but. I would think, you know, for these young guys, you might have a guy who's an assistant pro who can't afford to play the challenge or who's a very good golfer or someone who just turns pro. I think you've always got to give someone a chance, if they can do, to get onto the main tour from starting in September, as it were, or August, yeah. from the Q school. Yeah. I know it's 
and it's yeah. an expensive project. But I think if you take that away, going back to growing the game, it's kind of taken a bit of a clock out meal, really. Yeah, I think no, I think you've hit a very important point. You know, um, it is becoming more expensive um, to become a sort of touring pro golfer, if you like, and uh, and I think that's a that's a very valid point. Um, they also receive, you know, anyone who misses out on the top twenty five uh, gets a pretty good um, challenge tour card yeah. uh, as as well. So I think. Um, as I say, you know, it's not really up to me to be honest. This sort of thing, but I think, as far as I'm concerned, I think it's, um, it's, it's, you know, there would always be arguments, I suppose, on both sides. But I think, as far as I'm concerned, I think it's, uh, I think it's working at the moment. I think it's a fair balance, um, between the two. I was going to say that that's the word I was going to use. It, it, well, two words. It, it's a very fair balance, I think, between the challenge or getting the 20 cards. And even if you finish 25th, you're going to get some main door events the following year anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm adamant that you've got to give the other guys a chance to go to the tour school and, and give the chance, you know, get a chance to get their card. Yeah. No, no, I completely agree. But I, but I think the 20 graduates now was the right way to go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what was really pleasing about 2022 was seeing the class of 21 and and we had 12 guys from from that class keep their keep their card and five of them were in dubai in the top 50 of the of the dp world tour rankings so oh, oh. um you know that was a kind of um uh, okay it's it's a year it's it's one year but i think those those numbers um speak for themselves and, and justify the the change yeah yeah but the standard on the challenge sure is it's you know is really really good now and Proven by the statistics that you're just saying about how well these guys do when they get on to the tour. Yeah. So, so generally, overall, you seemed quite uh, quite relaxed or quite pleased about the way things are going. Obviously, things can always improve. But in, in two or three years' time, your vision is nothing dr drastically changing, just keeping on small steps to make it better for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think to be honest, yes. I, I think um, I'm the sort of person who, who doesn't want to stand still so we want to keep um i think we've got momentum at the moment um we've we've made some improvements um that we've discussed we had the grand final live for the first time in november so there's some things that we want to um, build on we've got live scoring now for uh, hole by hole so there's things that we want to we want to build on um and we want to continue to grow um for sure we want to um can really keep that focus on the golf courses and 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 the the test that we're providing the the guys we've got a big job to do on on making the events more commercially attractive um so that we can grow ourselves and and not just have to look um internally for for help um and you know hopefully that those things will allow us to um, we made some improvements this year in terms of the guys, um, the the money that they were making. But you know, with the top seventy five is this sort of your keep your card type category, um, and I think that seventy fifth player is probably still not finishing their season on a on an even um, keel or with a little bit of um, uh, money in their back pocket. So I think you know that for sure is something that kind of drives me on is is how can we um, help the guys who have had a good season. They haven't achieved what they yeah. wanted to do, but they haven't played badly. 
um, and how can we help them ensure in how can we help ensure that they um, are sitting there at the end of their of their respective season at least in a on a break even basis or or with a little bit of money in their back pocket to help them go again for the following year. So there's still lots to do. Uh, it, it's it's it, there will probably I say this to my wife. There's probably it's the type of thing that you'll never there'll always be more you can do in the, in this job. Um, but uh, that's kind of exciting at the same time because it it's if you you're hungry to work and you want things to improve, um, then uh, it's the right type of job for you. So I'm fortunate to have uh, four very good people who, with me in the office who who know what they're doing. We've got a good team now, um, and I think and I hope that the players can see that we're trying and we're doing all we can to to improve. We don't have a magic wand. But we will keep getting making making improvements, keep making things better and better year on year. Um, and that's really the the main goal is just to continually improve and 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 try and take us to a place whereby, um, as I said, the seventy fifth player at the end of the season is is sitting there with with some money in their back pocket, uh, having played on the Challenge Tour all year round. Yeah, because the guy finishes seventy going back to the uh, the standard of the Challenge Tour. The guy who finishes seventy fifth has played some pretty good golf. Exactly, you know, exactly. to actually go and play good golf, well, very good golf actually, and as you rightly say, to to not have anything to show for it and a loss is it's not demoralising, but it you know it it could put one or two people off. I know people say, "Well, make them fight harder and work harder, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera, but I think your kind of vision is that someone who plays well deserves some kind of reward. I think so, and and you know we're not talking about he's sitting there with his in his mansion. This is just about uh, this is just this is just about ensuring that they like they said they they sort of feel like they they want to go again. Um, yeah. um, and you know we've got to be careful that um, that professional golf doesn't become too expensive for 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 people. Um, ultimately, we you know that shouldn't stop someone from um from sort of following their dream if you like so we, we've got to be sort of careful ab about that but yeah that that to me that the quality the depth of the channel store the strength of depth in depth has really improved over the last six years probably um and and i think we've therefore got a duty to try and ensure that those that the 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 depth of the of the money that's being earned um kind of grows with with that mm -hmm. um can't finish without just asking you don't have to answer it's a difficult position for you to be in but everybody we've had on the show we've had a we've had a live golfer on the show we had richard bland on we've had some caddies on it obviously golf is a is an in a not a difficult position it's in a very good position i think at the moment especially if you're a player because there's so much money about live obviously the live golf tour obviously hasn't made any difference to the challenge tour uh but you don't really you're not too worried about it from your point of view of running the challenge tour are you to be honest, no. Um, I, I I don't know if if um, a lot of people felt like this. I thought the whole thing was fascinating at the start with the willy won't he and and all of this. Yeah. I think right now, to be honest, um, the I'm just focused on. I've got, as I said, I've, I've, uh, I lie awake at night sometimes thinking about all the different things that we can do to make things better. I've got enough on my plate to worry about. Than, than what's going to happen and ultimately control what you can control. Um, I can't control what's going on with, with everything else 
my part of of this small little um my small little part is is the challenge store and and that's really what i'm what i'm working on and focused on um what will be with the with the big boys above uh, will be that's that's for other people to decide for my my job is to to do the best possible job i can for the 290 odd members that we've got um and that's really what keeps me going and keeps my guys going um week in week out well as I say, I, I personally think you're doing a great job. You never please everybody. It's like being a member of the golf club, isn't it? There's always some people who, who won't be happy. You know, if you, yeah. if you please all your 290 members, then you are doing a hell of a job. It's, imp- it's impossible because they yeah. can't all be in the top 20, unfortunately. No, that, no, that's, but anyway. that's, that's the nature of it. And I think you just got to try and stay true to, um, you know, to kind of what you believe in, um, listen to the players, um, take their advice. But yeah, ultimately, um, you will never please everyone. I, I do know that. Um, I'm reminded of that most weeks. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but occasionally you get a thank you and 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 a well done as well. But um, no, it's it's all part of uh, all part of the job. Well, thanks. I say I, I think you're doing a great job. You, you've set up a great schedule again for this year. You know, with good prize money, good courses, and and the experience for these guys. So, um, you know, congratulations. I think you're doing a great job. Anyway. But uh, thanks very much for coming on. It's been intriguing, and I'm sure the people who listen will be intrigued that, you know, you're a politician almost. You've got to deal with governments. You're a travel agent. You're an agronomist <laughs> and a TV man. So you've got a lot of strings to do, and it's I'm sure it's a – well, I know it's a very, very busy job. So thanks for your time today. It's been intriguing, and uh, I will see you out at some tournaments this year. <laughs>